Suffering with Nick and Tony. We are back. Another bonkers ass crazy episode of Dynamite. Tony, what's going on? Man, I am feeling good. It is a Thursday. I watched two hours of wrestling and I did it on TNT. Awesome stuff. Glad to be able to see wrestling again on a Thursday. It's been way too long, and this was way better than what we used to get on a Thursday back in the day. This is definitely better than your typical Thunder episode. I, w- I would definitely agree with you on that. Uh, no Norman Smiley or um, Rage and Care or, or High Voltage or anything like that. Uh, yeah, no, no Billy Kidman, no Conan. Also, another thing that made it feel like the good old days was we actually had a semblance of a live audience. Yes, we did. It was wonderful as we as they first caught on to everything. Jericho comes out to join the commentary team for the night, comes out to Pyro, but you can just tell on his face, just the loving, beautiful look on his face as the crowd was singing Judas as he came out. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, all these guys, they've been waiting for this for a while. You know, I mean, still kind of weird to see a bunch of people, but they had it all spread out right. I think, uh, I think they did it right, and it was allowed enough that they did make, you know, somewhat of an impact. And the guys definitely seemed very happy to have, I mean, of course they were. It's just, uh, you know, it's gotta be awesome for all these months just to hear a pop again, a pop in wrestling. <laughs> I mean, go figure ex- exactly. And especially with, you know, what, what's going on in the world and stuff right now with a lot of sports not being on the air, it's nice that we still have, you know, our sport of choice and are able to enjoy it and that people are able to come back in some semblance of normalcy in a safe way, you know, to be able to, to be there. And, you know, they, they showed their presence the entire night. They were off the chain for being at you know, one-tenth the capacity. They made 100% of the noise. And this is definitely a storytelling night. Um, there was a couple matches, some good ones, but not not a whole lot out of in-ring wrestling. If you look, you know, if you were to split it up into percentages, it is definitely a big storytelling night. A lot of segments, um, but a lot of like really big story things also happening, which made it really exciting. And just, yeah, I love this episode. Some people may complain because there weren't a whole lot of matches, but I've been going into the pay-per-view. Uh, you need this. And uh, it was just great to see a lot of these storylines getting advanced. No, absolutely. I, I agree. And you know what? Starting off with the first match, and I think the reason why we didn't have a lot of matches is probably due to this first match. I took the time on it, and it actually ran about 31 minutes. But that brings us to our first one, and it's the tag team number one contender gauntlet match. And this is featuring FTR, the Young Bucks, the Best Friends, and the Natural Nightmares. And how this works is kind of like a tournament style, but it's continuous. So two teams begin, and then the winner of that faces the third team and then the winner of that second match will then go on to face the tag team champions at all out yeah i uh man i had a friend come over um just stop by for a little bit and it's the kind of friend that like i feel i can comfortably tell them to shut up but they're also gonna have a friend that they won't listen and uh I'm just trying to get him the hell out of here. Like, I'm trying to watch pro wrestling. Get the fuck out. He wouldn't. She was trying to argue politics and shit with me just to piss me off. So uh, I had uh, I didn't miss a little bit of this match. And um, I had to get that fucker out of there. Like, dude, I've been waiting for this fucking match for what's going on here for weeks. Can you please shut up and leave? So finally did it. I was able to enjoy this match. Yep, no, absolutely. It starts out, you know, the the Bucks and the Nightmare, uh, 
natural nightmares start off the match for the first two teams. They start off with some good chain wrestling, some good back and forth. You know, both the teams look great. QT Marshall got to give him an early shout out. Uh, he was came off really, really strong early in the match and even looks like he's been getting into shape. He looks a lot more fit, a lot more trim. And of course, we get great Jericho banter with JR on commentary. Yeah, um, I mean, just all three of them together. If you're not going to have Taz, Jericho's the next best thing. QT has been just, I mean, it, it shows because obviously the guy's a trainer and the guy is a very good pro wrestler. And, um, you know, I was just watching like some old stuff, like an old documentary from the beginning of AW, old, like mm-hmm. years ago. And it was QT, and it was introduced, you know, as like a, whatever it was, a producer or something by his actual name. And it's just funny that this guy was, you know, kind of just a behind the scenes guy two years ago. And every time he gets a chance to get in the ring, he shows that he's just a top notch pro wrestler. Yeah, no, absolutely. And even behind the scenes on like being the elite, he just not only does it seem like a top, a good wrestler and, and a competent wrestler. And of course he's responsible for training a lot of the talent and working with them backstage, but he just seems like a genuinely nice guy. And you know what? I like seeing people like that get success. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. You know, so, so, so good. I mean, it, it was awesome. And then, uh, you know, well, speaking, not that much success though. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> It is it is it is tempered success, of course. Because yeah, in this match, uh, it doesn't quite work out for him. No, because QT ends up getting pinned by Nick Jads Jackson, and then the Bucks end up advancing this first round. Uh, and then in the next round, the Bucks go on to face the best friends next. Um, all, overall, I think the best friends look pretty great. Trent spears the crap out of Nick Jackson on the outside of the ring, and then Nick, you know, retaliates uh, and gives Trent a wicked German suplex right on the uh, edge of the ring apron. There, the Bucks look really good. I think you know thus far in the match, you know, being through two rounds of it. And then, you know, Nick comes out of nowhere with this crazy 450 splash uh, and uh, Trent ends up kicking out of that. But it was still a, a, a match worth calling out. You can say whatever you want about the Bucks. Nick Jackson is insane. He's insane. He, yeah. Merch freak. He, he's insane. Well, yeah, I mean, he's insane. But what he does in the ring is just insane. Yeah, I guess he's insane all the way around because he is pretty aloof and weird as a, a person and or a personality, at least. But um. and and then what ends up happening and and what you kind of alluded to you know when trying to get your friend out of the house uh hang you know as the bucks end up um you know being able to work over best friends a little bit more the bucks actually end up trying to pin the best friends and out of nowhere hangman page comes running with beer in hand comes out of nowhere and holds the legs of matt jackson while he's on the outside of the ring so he cannot go in to help nick um and break up the pin so what ends up happening is uh hangman ends up costing the young bucks their number one t- uh, contender spot for these tag team championship and i was just floored by it i mean i literally dropped what i was doing and called you and that's when it pretty much prompted you to, to get back on the aew you called me and told me did you see what happened i'm like no what, what do you mean what happened <laughs> tell me about page i'm like i'm like you gotta get the fuck out now dude i keep <laughs> like and he's like laughing I'm like honestly i know it's like a loser but 
I've been waiting for this. This is like one of the biggest tournaments in this storyline that's been building so fucking long. And the one time I've even seen anybody in the last six months, I have somebody fucking sitting on my couch bitching about fucking, or actually just trying to talk me into a political conversation just because he knows I want nothing to do with it. And fucking A. And you called and told me this. I lost my shit. I So I missed it. Yeah. But still, it was awesome. And, and what ends up happening is Hagman seems kind of sad, kind of conflicted, kind of, you know, what did I do? And the Bucks are, of course, losing their shit on the outside of the ring, asking him what the hell's going on. And Paige ends up just kind of turning around, walking away and disappears. And we don't know what ends up happening. And then the match in the in the action in the ring continues with the best friends now facing FTR. And remember, the winner of this gets a shot for the uh, tag team championship at All Out. Yep. Um Really good. I mean, once again, <clears throat> the best friends find themselves in a good spot. They're just a good, solid team that's going to be there in the thick of whatever's going on. And uh, cool to see them against FTR. You know, um, I think a really cool dynamic between those two teams. They both like to hug each other a lot. They really do. The, I mean, the, they. If people ask, "Where's the love?" Just look to the best friends. You'll find. <laughs> So as we as we um, begin the next match, and I have to really commend them on this, you know, doing three consecutive matches essentially in a row, they really kept the ball rolling, they kept the action going, the momentum was really really good. So I almost I almost kind of wrote on my notes here. I almost kind of like this as opposed to doing like an eight man tag match because each of the teams I feel like get a chance to actually tell their story. They get their time to shine, and you know, it's if you're going to dedicate thirty one minutes to it, then yeah, that's enough time to let you know five six teams you know get a chance to kind of put each other over it went by really quick actually i didn't think it was anywhere near that long where you told me that i was kind of shocked like that's it flowed really good it was just a quick all three of those matches there was no downtime or bullshit in between them um even though you had you know obviously hijinks and storytelling going on all through it so yeah just um a really really good solid to the point shit uh having smooth matches and telling your story all at the same time yeah, I mean, hell, they even had a picture in picture, and you know what? I wasn't upset. It was amazing. Their use of JR picture was, picture. but well, yeah, but they, you know that's fine as long. Yeah, I don't care as long as he discounts <laughs> yeah, his barbecue. Really. As long as he discounts his barbecue sauce every week for like twenty five percent off, I'm down, dude. That stuff is good. So uh, Chucky taps out to Dex, and yep. we're gonna have us some FTR versus Omega and Page, and the plot continues to thicken. It's like you put a nice roux in there. Oh yeah, it was awesome. I cannot wait to let it ferment into something something good, pretty awesome. Good use of words when it comes to Hangman Page. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so, then, uh, after that, Tony <laughs> Darby Allen cuts a quick little promo. He's wearing the rookie, or not a promo, but does one of his uh, vignette things, and he's wearing the yep. rookie st- starts thing, and then he jumps off a bridge into a river. And all I could think about was this is uh, from Always Sunny when uh, oh yeah, uh, Club Badass or whatever he's trying to do it. Uh, <laughs> Frank's just like suicide is badass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, oh, he just jumped over a bridge. So I don't think we'll be seeing him for the rest of the night, right? Yep. No. Nope. <laughs> 
Yeah, so that was pretty, pretty, pretty insane. But uh, so then we go to, I guess, Murderhawk, um, the Murderhawk monster, Lance Archer with Jake Roberts versus Sean Maluda in a squash match. This wasn't announced, so this was pretty surprising to see. Yeah, they also announced before that that Casino Battle Royal will be at All Out. Um, so I think there's like 26 guys in that. And yeah, Sean Maluda, it was cool to see him. He was in NXT. Um he might have even been in the Cruiserweight tournament at first, but during that period of time, he had to run, maybe run a year in NXT. Never really got any push. He was more of kind of an enhancement guy. But uh, the son of Afa, uh, he loves, uh-huh. he can work. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's uh, he's got the blood, so. Nice, that is awesome. Yeah, I mean, this match was really short. It was, you know, like I said, it was a squash match. I mean, I could smell it from the beginning, but it was really good. I thought it was a good way to introduce Maluda. And, of course, you know, hey, you're going against the Murder Hawk monster. I mean, you're not going to look bad even if you lose. And before the match, like, uh, Archer attacks someone from the crowd, and Jericho's like, he's attacking the young boys. Like, New Japan kind of reference right there. So (laughs) I kind of thought that was funny. Um they also, oh, one quick thing about the when they announced the Casino Battle Royal, Tony called it the Casino Battle Royale, and Jim's like, it's not a Royale, it's a Royal. <laughs> I guess he never had a Whopper in France before. Dude, uh, yeah, I, or, or yeah, Royale. Royale. <laughs> exactly. I, I want, you know, JR likes that gourmet coffee. He doesn't drink that bullshit, Nick. <laughs> Yeah, Jr. A, a, a sassy Jr. Man, I'm telling you, it's it's good stuff. At the end of the match, uh, once Archer obviously got the pin, where he does that thing where he gets him in the claw and just smashes your head against the ring until you're done. <laughs> um, he advances to thirteen and one. He will be in the Battle Royal. Um, yep. Jericho doesn't think he's a. Uh, well, first of all, he says they're talking about Maluda's uh, DNA, and Jericho's like DNA stands for don't know anything. <laughs> and then he does like this. He goes black out in a metal voice. So uh, Jericho is definitely into this match. <laughs> oh yeah, he was in rare form all night. It was great. So yeah, then after that they cut to break, and then when we come back from break, we see Lance and Jake in the ring, and they are about cutting a promo all about the Casino Battle Royale. Essentially, long or the short of it is, you know, Jake is pretty much saying that Archer can run through all the twenty-one guys in the Casino Battle Royale, and you know he can handle everybody. And I think you know Jake in this instance is a pretty good mouthpiece for Archer, and I think they're working together as a team quite well. Yeah, I was worried about that one segment where he had the writing on his back and he was like whimpering or whatever. I didn't like yeah. that. It seems like they've kind of like, all right, yeah. See, I love AEW because they listen. They have a feeler. And sure, there may be some things they still don't have quite 100%, but they definitely listen. And they do care about, like, you know, if there's something the fans really think is stupid and it's brought to their attention, they'll kind of bring it up. And I like Jake being scary and tough and him and Archer being a cohesive unit. Oh, yeah, for sure. And just when you think it's a normal promo, nope, nope, nope. The music hits, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks and Taz come on out to join the party. I love Taz's blue jacket. I love Jake the Snakes calls him the Flintstones, which is amazing. Uh, Yeah, this was really good shit. Uh, I can't tell you the last time in wrestling I've seen a segment where there's two heel wrestler, two heel managers, that there's actually been two heel managers, let alone two heel managers actually like having a rivalry over, you know, their stable guys and stuff like that. Um, and people complain like, oh, heels shouldn't, whatever. Come on, they're assholes. If they're going to 
if they cross paths, they're going to fucking probably fight each other too. So I don't have any problem with that. And it's all adding up to the battle Royal anyway. So uh, I thought that was really awesome. And then man, when Darby's music hits. Oh yeah. Ricky freaks out. Things like, it was awesome. It's just, I love Ricky Starks. Oh yeah, Ricky Starks literally got kicked out of his shoes by Darby Allen, and <laughs> Darby, Bar- Darby Allen just proceeded to beat down a barefooted Ricky Stark because it was great. Good. Image. I watched Terry Funk at uh, the Hell in the Cell in '98. Everyone forgets that Undertaker <laughs> literally punched Terry Funk out of his shoes after uh, or Mankind took took the the second spill. It's Terry Funk though. It wasn't the first time, and it wasn't going to be the last either. And when we're comparing you though. Either or, you're, you're, and a conversion involves Terry Funk, you're doing something right, I think. This is true. Not this for your true. health or being able to move around when you're an old man. For entertaining the people. And, and honestly, during this whole whole exchange, the crowd was just awesome, and they were engaged, they were popping. It was it's it's been a long time since we heard a crowd during a wrestling, wrestling. It is, man. To hear like what because we've been into it, we've been watching, we've been excited, but like. You, you pop yourself, and then you hear that crowd popping with you. It, it just, yeah, it was awesome. It, it's just great. I hope everyone's safe and they did everything right, but it was awesome. Just, I mean, that's what wrestling's all about, and uh, it felt good. You know, we've kind of gotten used to not having them, so it was really awesome just to, they, just to have that crowd again. And just the wrestlers were all pumped up. Tonight was a very – everything everyone did was 100%. I mean, not that they usually don't, but still, it was just – they needed that. That was a, that little bit of water. You know, they've been walking around the desert thirsty and they got that, you know, cup of water. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think honestly, I, I liked this week's better than last week's even. And they're not even saying it was better, but just there's just the progression from last week to this week. And then what this week ended up doing. Like, yeah, I, I mean, this was a very strong show, I thought. I mean, people are going to shit on it and have their opinions. But in terms of storytelling, which is, again, is my strong suit that I really, really like, you know, in term as opposed to athleticism, I thought this was great. And this is right up my alley. This is the type of wrestling I want to see consistently. I, I 100% agree. Um, just fun stuff. And yeah, can't wait to see all that. I mean, you look at, uh, so they're going to have a pretty good, I mean, this Battle Royal is going to be, our um, Casino Battle Royal is going to be pretty crazy because you're going to have Cage and which, and, you know, Starks working. Like there's a bunch of alliances and we'll find out, you know, a little bit later of another one, but Oh, yeah. almost going to be factions fighting first to clear each other out, and then those fa- whatever faction wins, its opponent, its guys are probably going to end up going against each other. It, or at least it seems like the odds for that are pretty strong. Yep. No, it seems so. Absolutely. And then uh, after all of that, we see MJF just real quick for about ten seconds, uh, walking with his uh, walker, I guess now. So he has the neck brace last week, and then this week he has the neck brace and a walker, a Burberry walker. I have to add. I worry about this pay per view because we have a surprising number of uh, contestants going into this with seemingly very severe injuries. And if you, I mean, and they're both, you know, Britt Baker and MJF are both very trustable people. So it really scares me that they're going into these matches so hobbled and paid. How would either of them stand a chance in the world? Yeah, I mean, when half your right. I mean, if, if half your roster, if they weren't wrestling, they're eligible for disability, that's you have a problem. Just saying. <laughs> it is it is it is not good. I mean, it, literally MJF has a point, man. Things are going to hell in AEW under John Moxley's rule. 
Well, we'll find out more about his rottenness because I think what he pulled this week was real bullshit. But uh, he, uh, oh, yeah. he admonished, admonishes Lee, I kid the captain, I forget his last name, but um, in the hallway for smiling, which is a direct nod at the Vincent Man firing uh, Paul London, I'm pretty sure. There's a thing yep. with MJF in hallways because MJF made his famous you know, WWE appearance was, I think he, he was walking with Brock, either Lesnar or Randy Orton. I think Orton maybe. Oh, yeah. He was like security or like a bodyguard. Yeah. And he tries yeah. to overstep him and he puts his arm, pushes him back. Um, so I don't know. There's a weird little thing with him in like hallway kind of stuff. But this was definitely, I feel, a nod to the Vince firing Paul London for smiling thing. Oh, yeah. No, that's what, I, that's what it reminded me of as well. Um, and then real quick, right before we get to the John Moxley and MJF contract signing for All Out, we see actually a nice little promo package. I wasn't expecting this for Thunder Rosa and Sheeta uh, for the All Out match. And actually, it was nice. We had a nice little vignette with uh, Billy Corgan from the NWA actually lending his voice for some of the narration. I thought that was a really cool synergy between AEW and NWA. I love all this. And just to show, I mean, that just shows that NWA, you know, we haven't heard anything from NWA for, since, you know, Lagana got released. So you start seeing their talent appear in AEW, you kind of start to worry, like, what's up with the NWA? But hearing Corrigan on AEW air was pretty cool. I like that. And uh, it made me feel good that NWA is still going. They still got a plan. I don't think Billy's going to give up on this shit. He's too far in already. But really cool, uh, Mr. William Patrick Corgan makes his AEW debut one way or another, his uh, Dynamite debut. So good on him. And I love this stuff. This reminded me of, like, this is when you see clips of, like, that 90s era Japanese women's wrestling where Medusa made her name and stuff like that. This is that in a nutshell. This is international, two of the world's best going against each other with all with tons of gold out there and uh the shoes the best this is what the women's division outside of you know tna and uh dev and even in wwe they've got a lot of great stuff but portrayed like this like that just i don't know the international style like i fucking loved it um obviously i'm a huge fan of rosa it's probably one of the best segments actually this little thing i think that they've done with the women as opposed to Britt, because right away, I mean, no one's even seen Thunder Rosa wrestle on AEW Diet. She's over already. She's that makes me believe if I didn't know her, I'd still believe like this chick is awesome. Bullshit, Sheeta. You you better you're in for a fight. No, absolutely. And and we saw even in, in this glimpse of a promo, we saw a contract signing and they were about to fight, but they did not fight. And that's actually funny because that plays right into our next segment, which is this contract signing of John Moxley and MJF. Yeah, if you put NWA with AEW, that's like chocolate and peanut butter. Give it yep. to me. Yep. Let me keep seeing it every single yeah. week. MJF 8 and 0. Is his record? Yep. He, no, he's number one ranked, and uh, and his campaign must be doing good because we see at the very beginning Diamante is endorsing MJF, probably wearing the MJF button, which I thought was pretty funny. I like it. I feel good. I feel closer to Diamante now that I know her political leanings. I wonder where yep. uh, Emily stands. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad to know that Diamante is for a righteous cause. The cabinet is great. Like they bring out this cluttered thing, and now it just introduces these characters. Now it's very much like being the elite and dark. How you get a little piece of there's they're nobody, and then you get a little piece of their personality, and it kind of you get to know them that way, and they kind of build on that. 
Uh, you have the girl that's always smiling. You have Lee. You have the lawyer now who's a fucking total asshole. <laughs> I'll sue. I'll sue. I'll sue. I'll sue. <laughs> it's fucking great. Yeah, no, it's it's so great. I mean, MJF comes out with a walker, which is this great heel shit. The contract, now reminding everybody, the contract is essentially to ban the paradigm shift for the championship match at All Out, uh, which again is even better, great old school heel stuff. Uh, Moxley comes out, um, the crowd just erupts, huge pop for yeah. him. And JR made a mention of saying that they did fax the contract to Moxley and Moxley did come to, as he was walking to the ring, he had contract in hand already printed and ready to go. Tight storytelling. I love Jericho's, uh, it's like, the chicks love him, the guys love him, I hate him! <laughs> Just so Jericho. They also mentioned, which I thought was fucking awesome, that uh, Moxley was ranked number one in the PWI 500. If you don't know what the PWI 500 is, it's Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Was at one time a magazine. I think it still is. Probably exists online now, more predominantly. I don't know. I this was what one of the main things that got me into wrestling. Um, going past the news newsstand at the grocery store back when there were magazines aplenty. Back when I was young, back in the, the old days, and PWI. I would even if I wasn't into wrestling, I always kept, oh, you know, like kept myself. Um, a bridge or what's it called? I don't know, whatever. Up to date on what was going on in wrestling. And that's how I found out uh, Hulk Hogan turned heel and it got me interested in wrestling again. So I love PWI um, and the fact that they referenced it. The PWI 500 is a yearly list they do of the 500 best wrestlers. And it's very, it's actually a very prestigious thing. All the best wrestlers, I mean, Kurt Angle, but whoever, go back to whoever the best wrestler have been throughout the years. Um, They've all won it, and it's just a, and a lot of local wrestlers actually appear in between like four and five hundred. You could actually see your like local hometown wrestler possibly if uh, they've done a little bit of traveling and wanted to kick up the the fee uh, to get printed in it. But uh, very cool. I love very awesome reference. Oh yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up because as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh man, dude, Nick's gonna totally pop for that. He's totally gonna, you know. I love it, man. That's how I heard the names Von Erich and Luller and even Flair for the first time. I mean, WWE programming was pretty much dominant, and like WCW, it was on at weird times, and it just seemed kind of second rate, especially in the, like the '80s. You know, when it was still like Crockett in uh, the '90s, like at least far as being a kid, you know. Yeah, no, I remember, I mean, hell, the first time I saw some wrestlers was on those magazines, and I think I even remember, like, you and I going to, like, the grocery store with, like, mom and stuff, and, like, you checking out the, like, wrestling magazines and stuff like that. Yep, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, that was good stuff. Uh, and then it's... to wander off for mom with the cart. Yeah, we were probably hanging up by the magazine rack. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then uh, MJF, essentially, you know, they have the contract. Uh, Moxley sends it over to MJF. MJF signs it. MJF slides the contract over to Moxley. And, of course, Moxley's got to think about it. He's got to weigh his options. You know, it's a legal proceeding. He got to, you know, and he's got to not proceed too hastily here. MJF compares him. Well, first of all, he wants no physicality. This isn't going to be like every other contract signing. And uh, he compares John Moxley to his idols, Sandman, New Jack. This is my John Zandig, which is one of my favorites. <laughs> Very obscure, I think, CCW kind of guy. Uh, that is fucking awesome. Onita uh, calls them all hot garbage. And then he puts over Buddy Roberts, Ernie Ladd, and Tony Blanchard, which is, you know, 
somebody else's manager. But yeah, uh, he's so fucking awesome. Cuts a hell of a promo, obviously. Run it, ran his mouth. He just spits out the insults left and right, and it's just like he—they're just so fluid. He's amazing. Yeah, no, I mean it—it it, it was great. It was hilarious. And, uh, and and just uh, just when you think you know Moxley sign he ends up signing the contract and you know he ends up cutting a promo as a rebuttal and honestly I think I saw tonight one of the better John Moxley promos and one of the better instances of John Moxley on the mic. He was good, and there's also second week in a row Renee reference. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes. I mean I like Moxley. I think he's done a good job. Sometimes he does act like he's a little too cool. I think this. It, 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 this came off definitely in this uh, because you just wanted to kill that fucking lawyer, <laughs> fucking oh. that goddamn fucking lawyer. Well, well, here's the thing about that lawyer, Nick. As MJF and his attorney and ends up starting to laugh at John Moxley, you know, because Moxley agreed to the paradigm shift being banned, but. As uh, as their party had just begun, Moxley quickly grabbed a microphone and reminded them that uh, you really got to watch what you end up signing because uh, he added a 17th page to the contract that stipulates that next week, John Moxley gets to have a match with the attorney. And if the attorney backs out, MJF forfeits the match. But if John Moxley wins against the attorney, hmm, the paradigm shift stands and John Moxley can use it in the match. A twist of fate, I think. Yeah, just good shit. So we're going to see a fucking amateur, uh, non-wrestler actor get the shit kicked the fuck out of him next week. So it should be fun. Tonight is one of those nights of when you think they're going to go pro wrestling, they totally go pro wrestling. They do. Week. Yeah, they definitely do. No, this was definitely, there was definitely a very, uh, they did a lot of WWE type things here tonight. I liked a lot of the stuff. I don't, and that's what I have in my notes section right here. Very WWE with Mox. Um, <laughs> lawyer, but I it worked. If you're gonna do this, I mean, listen, people watch sports entertainment, it's why WWE has become the biggest thing in the world. Straight up wrestling may not be always the most marketable. Mix them together, it, you know, I think that's the best thing to do, and they do that very successfully. So, you're gonna have that sports entertainment. shit. It's it's another segment of wrestling, they give you a little piece of everything. And hey, let's be real. If it wasn't for that entertainment stuff, none of these people would be wanting to wrestle right now. And you and I would not be sitting here amongst everybody else who talks about wrestling. You know, we do, because of that old entertainment stuff, some of it good, some of it bad, but for better or for worse, hey, that's why we're here and we're able to talk about a company doing something different, you know. Santana Ortiz, just a quick little promo. Uh, letting yep. Trent, you know, Chuck know that it ain't over with them. Um, and then we get Butcher and Blade and the Lucha Brothers versus, uh, let's see, uh, with with Eddie Kingston, obviously. So they're all together uh, with against Janela, Sonny Kiss, Griff Garrison, and Brian Pillman Jr. Yeah, it was really nice to see Brian Pillman Jr. tonight. And honestly, this was a very this was a surprise match because this was not on the AEW website when I looked on the preview. But again, a nice surprise. Yeah, good. I mean, definitely, I would say like this a, a dark main event. But this was fun. You get a couple, you know, Griff and Pillman get some time on primetime TV. I think the Butcher Blade of Lucha Brothers, despite their little uh, flare-up last week, actually do work really goddamn well together in the ring. Um, obviously, though, not a whole lot. I mean, this is just, you know, guys got a chance to do their shit. I think uh, the Blade worked a lot of this match. But we got to see a decent amount on the other team of everybody. I think an equal amount of uh, Joey, Sonny, Griff, and Pillman. 
Tillman looking really good. Griff, Griff's going to be a star. He's like they said, he's got all it takes. He's got to put some muscle on that frame. Yeah, no, I, Griff and, and Pillman. Me, I personally just have, I think Pillman, to me, I see something in him. Maybe it's not there yet, but it will be soon. Like, he, I, I got my eye on him. He's one of my favorites. He definitely is. He's got, he's got, you know, definitely a lot of the, the things that made his dad awesome. And uh, I think he can forge some stuff on his own, too. Uh, yeah, Brian, Brian Pillman well, Jr. is one of those guys that I think a lot of people are going to be looking forward to watching his career advance. Well, and for me as and for me as a kid, when I first started watching wrestling, it was at the very beginning of the Brian Pillman, Stone Cold Steve Austin feud. And like as a kid, not only was that like the first real feud I saw, the first time I saw like a gun being used in a feud where people were thinking it was real, but then I also had to deal with death as you know, I dealing with the death of Brian Pillman, like understanding that as a kid and trying to comprehend all of that. So like, yeah, dude, I totally remember that. Pillman still is in my mind heavily you know I, he was a great talent as far as you know brian pillman jr we knew him when he was a kid he was you know when pillman died it was oh this you know little boy is now doesn't have a dad so it's good to see this guy all these years later following his dad's shoes and oh, yeah he's got talent <laughs> and he's crazy enough to wear the mullet so he's obviously got some of that uh, <laughs> uh loose Dude. cannon uh dna mad mad props for the business in the front and party in the back so uh Penta Pins Pillman. Oh, that's a good Penta Pins Pillman. Uh, so they, uh, they get the win. <laughs> and Kingston announces that they're not really a group, they're just friends. They've known each other forever, and he's gonna show them how to get gold. And his first step in doing that is signing them all up for the battle royal. So this group has out of 26 guys, they represent five of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> there are very good odds that someone in this group may win the number one contender. Yeah, like Eddie Kingston says, all five men are in it, but only one will win it. Yeah, because he's going to fuck over whoever it is. Yeah, it's going to be glorious. <laughs> Eddie Kingston, I have a feeling, is going to be the winner in that battle royal somehow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And speaking of winners, that leads on to the new TNT champion celebration with the Dark Order, and they bring everything, caskets, lawnmowers, and cars for some reason. It is amazing. <laughs> Mustang there, I think, was it was a yellow eye. <laughs> or maybe it was a Camaro. I wasn't exactly sure. There was like six lawnmowers. This is all callbacks to uh, uh, being the elite, and I love the fact because the Dark Order calls back to being elite probably more than anything else on uh, – on the show and they're just they're goofy and they're stupid but then when the minute that dude comes out it gets scary real fucking quick and this was great yeah the the, the, um, the casket uh uno's doing the duties at first and he, uno did a pretty good job on the mic i gotta say i i buy his character now that weasley almost joel gertner kind of guy um, he yells at Silver. So if you're gonna, if you're, if you're leading that segment, you have to, of course, get pissed at Silver at some point. Uh, and then, uh, then it, they open up the coffin, and it was Ken <laughs> with a tattoo on his neck. Tattoo now. He now has the Nightmare Family tattoo. Yeah, as Uno states, the old king is dead. And then uh, Brody ends up coming out with Anna Jay and the rest of the Dark Order to show their allegiance towards Mr. Brody and congratulate him on his win. And then, of course, our favorite announcer, yours and mine, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, Tony Schiavone comes to the ring to interview Mr. Brody. 
yeah, and Brody's just on fire. I mean, he's just got this intensity. He's such a miserable asshole. He's slapping people in the face. He totally knocks out Silver, which if you watch any of the other shows, it's it's you're used to it because he hates fucking Silver. <laughs> and, uh, which, like, if you watch it on Dynamite, you're like, that was kind of... I wonder why he took it, why he beats up that, that guy so much. And you know if you watch all the other stuff that Silver's a major pain in the fucking ass. And a big time loudmouth and deserves every bit of it. Um, so yeah, and then uh, so then there was a big, just fucking every fracas ensued, and uh, everyone was kicking the shit out of each other. With the night, oh, Dustin yeah. and uh, what Dustin and uh, QT came out first, right? Yeah, Dustin and QT come out. They end up getting pretty much beat down very quick. Dark Order makes you know short work of them, and then Scorpio Sky comes out to help. And then Anna Jay ends up smacking uh, him, and then that gets him distracted. Then Brody Lee lays out Scorpio Sky. And then uh, after that, uh, Matt Cardona comes out to help as well. And Matt just completely clears house and just whoops everybody's ass pretty much. He's looking really strong. I think Cody taking some time off could be good for Cardona, gets him a little bit of extra time there. Um, yeah, so we're going to see those probably lead into some match with these guys in the Dark Order or maybe in the Battle Royal. Yep, no, absolutely. And then uh, I even had a note, like I said, it started off kind of math for me. I'm like, what the hell is all this? And then you saying that it's callbacks to the BTE, and that makes more sense to me now, although I didn't initially get that. But I thought this was a really good promo, and I thought it made everyone in the Dark Order look really strong. So, yeah, when they were eating chilies last week, Brody went around and was like, what are you going to buy with your money to everybody? Oh, that's right. Yeah, the cars. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that's what all these. Grayson said he was going to buy a car. Brody Lee said he was going to buy a bunch of lawnmowers. So it Wait, was, okay. I guess there's a tie into that. Where the fuck was John Silver's tap dance shoes? He spent a million dollars on tap dance lessons. Where <laughs> we need John Silver tap dancing and, and yodeling in German. <laughs> yeah, he needs tap dance boots. First time in wrestling. We need it. So then we get the next uh, big spot or the segment the box confront page and Matt puts on his best Obi-Wan Kenobi there for a minute where he's yelling at him. It reminded me of uh, Revenge of the Sith when uh, Anakin's burning up and he's like, you know, which you were supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them. I love you. You know, like a brother. Like, it's always felt like that. And uh, good segment right there so he's out of the he got what he wanted he's been asking for it for a long time he's out of the fucking elite yep after he got a drink thrown on him yeah they threw the booze on him they just called him an alcoholic young bucks are sick of shit he pushed it too far it's over so we're obviously how's this gonna tie into him and kenny defending against uh, the ftr the plot is as thick as it can get uh, i'm so excited for this i just wanted to see this all just blow up here yeah, this is going to be phenomenal. And then we'll have uh, Big Swole um, versus Britt Baker, Penelope Ford, and Reba in a handicap match. And remember, if uh, Big Swole can win against Penelope Ford and Reba, then she will get a chance at facing Britt Baker. Yeah, despite all the odds, was there ever a doubt that she was definitely going to win this match? Because <laughs> Reba's just no. a mess. Um, I love Britt at times is pushing on the ropes with her, with her cane. I love Britt's mask. Everything about Burt Baker is just so ridiculous and hilarious. Um, and Reba, too. Obviously, Penelope Ford. And then Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian. Uh, Kip tries to interfere at one point point, gets put down by Swole. Uh, this was, was a big awesome. match. But then 
at the very end, uh, the crunch shot, Rebel fucked it up. And that was, I was a bum. I was kind of, I was a little bummed out by that because I really like this whole little thing. Um, but then, but Swall ends up winning, and then Britt tries to back up the steps in her wheelchair, and that saved the whole thing. Like the crunch shot may have been fucked up, but Brett trying to back up in her wheelchair up the steps, fucking amazing. Yeah. Comedian genius. I mean, she's the Charlie Chaplin of our day. And then, uh, once again, AW listening to their audience. Uh, Anna Jay and uh, what Grayson and Uno come out yep. with uh, with papers and they recruit um, Ty Conti, which yep. is fucking awesome. The crowd during that, uh, the one thing that came out of that tournament they did, the women's tag tournament, one of the things was people really love the Anna Jay and Ty Conti together. So it looks like Ty Conti is all in with AEW, at least for now, which is great to see her finally find a home after being a journeyman through NXT. Great talent, and uh, I'm really excited. Dark Horse got two chicks in the group now. Yeah, I was, I was just, literally, I was just going to say that. I mean, this is the first time we've seen a stable, a pro wrestling stable in the United States. You know, granted, I'm, I, you correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, but this is the first time I've seen a stable that actually has two women members in it. WWE has one right now called Retribution that has three but <laughs> I think um, it's kind of cheap and they're ripping it off, obviously. Um, but they haven't even announced any members of, like, we just know that two of the members are female. I don't think they've even casted who's even in this fucking stable. So uh, uh, we okay. still got him beat. <laughs> yeah, and really then- awesome shit. Um, just, uh, I can't wait to see those two. Uh, will there be more women's tag matches? That's cool. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're build, they're paying a little bit more attention to their women's, you know, division now. And and also too, what you said before about um, you know, them doing a lot of like old school Japanese pro wrestling women's stuff too with Medusa being there. I think Medusa might even be working behind the scenes. I'm just going to throw that out there cuz she's been on being the elite. She's been on the women's tag cup tournament. So, hey, just a matter of time till I see her posting on AEW's roster as one of the coaches. No, you definitely have a point. I wouldn't be surprised. So, and then uh, we lead brings us to the final match of the night, main event. Maybe uh, was this even a main event, or was this just the final match? Well, I guess it'd be a, it was the final match, or was a main event. You know. Yeah. All right, so it's a, a, a main event grudge match between Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy, and yeah, I mean this is a built-up match. Yeah, definitely main event. It's just hard to tell. I mean, there were so many high-caliber matches tonight. It seems like everything was a main event tonight. I know it sounds corny and cliche. Yeah, but they've been building up this storyline for two months, though, or a couple of months, shit, longer than that. So I was definitely excited to see this blow up between these two here. Oh, for sure. And, uh, yeah, the match starts out with a total brawl on the outside. They just start coming out of the gate just crazy, good momentum. Uh, they cut to picture in picture, and the brawl continues. Now, they were coming up against kind of a time constraint on this because even when they were in that picture in picture, they only had about maybe like seven minutes left. But I will say they definitely made it count. Yeah, it definitely was a sped out kind of rushed match. I think you're saying with this, everything else being solid, it maybe kind of ran a little, little bit over on some things. But that's fine. This was supposed to be a fast, aggressive match. These two weren't feeling each other out. This was two people trying to fucking hurt each other. So I, I'm fine with that. Um, Sammy le- is no remorse. He learns no lessons. He's just nope. a true fucking little shit. I mean, they say he went through sensitivity training. I don't believe him. Matt Hardy is in uh, Michael Hayes 
era gear, the original kind of Hardy Boys. Uh, yep. Look, uh, and of course, early on he whips a chair at Sammy, <laughs> but luckily doesn't hit him. And that's actually the last the chairs would come into play because this match was all about the tables. Oh yeah, absolutely. And actually, even even before we came back from the first picture in picture, Sammy was already just completely bleeding. I mean, I think both guys were already bleeding pretty early into the match. Yeah, Sammy's hit that. I I thought maybe he bladed, but no, he had a full. I mean, his that laceration on the side of his head, which I think he's probably got to be really happy about. Like, thank God, now we're even. Like, no fucking can kind of take a little break because I just got fucked up pretty bad too. Like, and that's Sammy. Sammy's always gonna get hurt. Where he may be stupid, but he's always willing to get hurt worse than you. And the cool part about that picture in picture is I don't know if they screwed up on the audio, but I don't know on my feed I was watching on TNT.com. I could actually hear all the audio that was coming through on the match during the picture in picture. So it was actually really one of the best picture in pictures I ever saw. There you go. Yeah. So it was, it was good stuff. And then all of a sudden, as we come back from that, Sammy does this crazy suicide flip to the outside dive to try to land on Matt Hardy, but Matt ends up, you know, moving and then Sammy goes through the table. So, I mean, it's just, again, pure carnage from end to end. Yeah. And then uh, what you call it, uh, there was a twist of fate they did with Sammy's head in the chair. I thought he'd almost decapitated him or his neck was broken. That looked horrible. And then yeah, the final spot with the table, where Matt put a chair. I don't know what the hell that was even all about. But hell, Matt ended up going through it. Sammy gets the win. Yeah, I thought it was a good match. You know, even though they came up against the time constraint, I think they handled it really well. I give them props. They did. It's a good lesson for Matt, for Sammy to learn, and a good person to, you know, do that with is Matt, a good, you know, a good uh, veteran. So, yeah, yeah crazy oh. shit. Once again, it just ends in fucking chaos again. Yes, it does, because just when you think it's over, Cassidy comes out of nowhere. And then just goes right. You know, the only thing I didn't like about this is I be careful with JR and Tony. But other than that, fucking amazing. I never we haven't seen Cassidy anything like this. He just knocked it up 10 gears. He's fucking I that was awesome. It was great to see him just a whole different orange Cassidy, intense pistol. I don't know it's necessarily necessarily his motivation for going after. Jericho at that time so intensely. I don't know if there's something we missed online or something. I mean, I know why he attacked him, but like with that kind of rage and furor when they were just in the ring with each well, I guess after the waterboarding thing. So never mind. I forgot about I forgot about the waterboarding. Yeah. Yeah. The simulated <laughs> drowning on live television. Yes. When someone tries to drown you with alcohol, <laughs> not and not in a party fun way. Like you actually dump it down your fucking throat where you're being held down. You might want to kick the shit out of him at the announce table. I mean, dude, bubbles burn. There was a great segment part where Jericho was like trying to get up and Knox is kind of like on his knees. And then Jericho is like trying to let Rick Knox get up, but also kind of using him to balance. And he kind of helps Rick Knox halfway up. And then he just pushes Rick Knox into the tunnel. It was fucking awesome. There actually is, Rick Knox is not a good referee, but there is a lot of good physical humor spots with him worked in. He actually is pretty funny at that kind of shit. I literally, I wrote down, he literally came out of nowhere and beats Jericho down like Ralphie did in A Christmas Story when he beat up Scott Farkas. That exactly was. Jericho is very Scott Farkasy too, so. Oh, com- <laughs> and um, Sammy is the little shit kid with Scott Farkas. 
yeah, it's awesome. So yeah, Cassidy went all Ralphie on his ass, and it was great. I think Aubrey even took an elbow at one point. Yeah, do I do? I, I Aubrey's awesome. She's 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 a down ass chick, man. She's down for whatever. She will literally roll with the punches. I agree. So yeah, all in all, I think we've said it many times here tonight. Great show, good story building. I think we got one more dynamite, and then it is off to all out. Yep, yeah, it is going to be. It's been a fun ride so far, and I cannot wait. I mean, all out is going to have a stacked card: Casino Battle Royale, she, you know, Sheeta versus Thunder Rosa, MJF versus Moxley. I mean, so many others that I can't that don't even come to mind right now. But will I mean, go to AEW.com if you want to see the match listing. It's all up online. All right, Tony. Well, I think that is it for us. We got it down to less than fifty minutes here. We're taking small steps. Yeah, buddy. All right, so. We will be with you. That's it for tonight, but we will be with you next Wednesday night. We're finally back to Wednesdays here. And uh, we'll, the same time, we will see you. Nick and Tony. Uh, Tony, you got anything to say? Good fight. Good night. All right. Good night.